In episode eight of Adapt Within Digital podcast, I spoke to our own MD, John Greenhouch, about the three macro trends marketers and businesses should be focused on in 2022. Hi, today I'm joined by John Greenhouch, MD of ADAPT. Hi John, how's it going? Hey Nick, I'm doing good, thanks for having me. Uh, my absolute pleasure. It's good to be in an office. We're recording this face-to-face. In an actual studio. An actual studio, which is very novel in 2021. I know I almost said 2020 then, which say, would see, well, says no, everything we, we, about... we don't need to go back to that. Drawing a line under that, yeah. But I, I hope you agree, we need, we've got quite a meaty topic at hand, so we should probably get straight into it, really. So today, we're going to cover three topics that we see as key trends for marketers to know about heading into 2022. Obviously, three trends isn't an exhaustive rundown of everything you need to have an eye on. We're going to go straight to John's favourite subject, and that's macro, big picture stuff. Maybe we'll go micro closer to the end of the year. We're going to start off with a topic on most people's lips, or it seems to be anyway, whether they're in marketing or not, and that's talent and recruitment. The last few months have been described as the great resignation and marketing both in-house and agency side has undoubtedly been impacted. So John, what's your take on what's happened in this year and last year? Well yeah, I mean it's interesting because the the great resignation as it's dubbed in the press <laughs> now, you know, in reality has only really been written about in, in the last kind of three to six months. Yeah. Really. And and that takes us back to the start of this year. I think a lot of agencies were hiring quite quickly, as were a lot of large in-house teams as mm. the recovery from the pandemic returned faster than most people were predicting. And, and to be honest, I think most agencies didn't talk openly about the challenges that we were experiencing. I think a lot of, as you do, I think you tend to look quite inwardly and you start thinking, you know, what we're we doing wrong? Why can't I find talent as easily as we were able to in previous years? You know, what yeah. have we changed? And, but it transpires that every agency leader that you speak to, and as you started to warm up into those conversations, it actually most in-house teams and agencies have been struggling you know, throughout the year with the same challenge. What's driving it is really a, a pretty perfect macroeconomic storm so I've never experienced in our industry finding talent as hard today ever ever before so I think the larger global brands the big in-house teams agencies that are growing is that demand for experienced talent that's particularly challenging and it's, it's not exclusive to digital marketing at all hospitality logistics those sort of sectors are obviously being very well documented in the past few months as well and I think we, we sort of need to sit back and think, well, we've, we've all collectively worked incredibly hard to, to keep our businesses in check for the last 18 months. And you know, we're, we're very fortunate that digital marketing is seeing some incredible growth. We're seeing brands double down with those tangible returns of digital marketing and spend in digital marketing. Yeah, and, and I think, I suppose that brings us on to what the opportunity is and, and how that presents itself. From my perspective, I'm obviously not as involved in recruitment of the agency as you are, but for recruitment to really, it sort of ended up partly at sort of the the door of marketing at one point and we're we're, we're actually trying to do a lot more ourselves just to in terms of employer branding and trying to make ourselves and there's almost a need to make ourselves a very attractive proposition which wasn't necessarily the case in the past yeah quite quite right as well and employer branding is is a huge part of what we've been doing this year and and into next year and, and others have picked up on the importance of that as well I think fundamentally as with a lot of things of the pandemic it's it's shifted trends and Mm it presents opportunities that you can seize and and in this case it's a huge challenge and it's forcing change which is largely I think quite a positive opportunity that's probably threefold say firstly people we have we need to think about what people are demanding from their job 
Mm. in 2021 I, I think that's fundamentally changed the demands from what people expect from agencies and, and those large kind of client side environments have, have changed fundamentally and we're having to do things that companies would probably have never considered before to attract and retain talent ultimately to differentiate money is part of that but we need to be thinking about benefits purpose flexibility to make sure that people are happier than they ever have been before to work with us <laughs> and, please. And, and, st- and, st- and, <laughs> and stick with us yeah. Yeah, and I think probably the, the biggest change on people's lips is around flexibility and I've seen various agencies and large businesses announce their future flexibility around workplaces of which everybody can critique and, and have an opinion on mm-hmm. I'm personally not a fan of arbitrary rules there's lots of agencies that have done three days in two days out my partner's uh, agency she works in an agency in Bristol as well I won't name names though their line when we first were able to come back into offices was you've got to come back three days and that someone got COVID and that didn't really work and then they were like oh okay we're going to make it two days of your choice and all of a sudden they've done a survey and actually listened and now it's come back whenever you want which is kind of what we've got to adapt which I think works really well you know you're not going to make people happy by forcing them in when they don't want to be here yeah and I think and I think ultimately arbitrary rules serve a purpose for the company they don't necessarily serve a purpose for the people that work for it I think our approach is extreme flexibility we want people to use our office and gather in our office in a way that makes them productive and happy because that's going to enable them to service our clients in a better way than before. People have fundamentally proven that they can be trusted in the last 18 months. I like to um, think so. Yeah, we have. We, you know, we've, we've all done a, a, a brilliant job at steering our company's growth and we want to continue that trust and that relationship more than anything. I think beyond flexibility, the impact of that in areas such as diversity and inclusion is mm-hmm. massive, isn't it? You know, we're, we're still dominated at senior levels in, in, in a lot of agencies with, with male leaders. Appreciate I'm one of them. Um, but hopefully you know, that will become more challenged over time. And the introduction of better benefits, more flexibility, suddenly makes use of that technology for good. I've always seen big tech as a brilliant leveller. A, a leveller in terms of knowledge and accessibility of knowledge. You know, that also extends to removing barriers of entry into jobs. It provides flexibility we, we've never had before. So hopefully we can carry on embracing that probably with each of these topics we could sort of talk all day about them to an extent but we'll put a pin in that one and move on to the next so from finding and retaining the best talent let's move to data and privacy this year we've seen apple google and others make major changes to how they handle the privacy of their users something we've discussed in detail on this very podcast this year but how will these changes that we're seeing impact what we do within digital marketing in the near and i suppose the long term goodness it's been a, a roller coaster year of news around use of data and privacy yep. and <laughs> how that impacts advertising you've done a cracking job with the team of bringing that news to our clients through this platform and others thank you very we've, much we've done a <laughs> we've, done, we've done a huge amount of work in researching that and trying to provide our clients with what they need Mm -hmm. to navigate that landscape i think probably for the purposes of this let's just step back a little bit and and think state of play so there's ultimately two key stakeholders to the privacy landscape there's browsers they're very familiar with the privacy conversation they have web standards a lot of them are open source they have open standards w3c the browsers work together towards standards and and big tech obviously contributes to this conversation and google and chrome is a good example of that because on, on the other side of the google business the other side of the landscape is advertisers it's a it's a less familiar conversation privacy for advertisers browsers and the stakeholders have been in that for a very long time so the the space is quite intriguing because we've all of a sudden got advertisers contributing to the kind of conversation and the reason why that is is because we know 
how practices work and we have decades of experience of working with the current privacy regulations and and if we start changing fundamentals as advertisers it becomes a big leap a a big leap into the unknown and people are concerned what's the substitute what can i trust trying to bring a whole industry along with that it is fundamentally challenging because you've got a question of how does it deliver results how do we continue to deliver the same amount of economic growth from a new ecosystem in comparison to the current it it, it creates um some very passionate and interesting conversations i think that's probably the best way to at a high level summarize some of the challenges for the listeners and, and some of the different stakeholders within data and privacy and i guess you've well more than alluded to this but there's an awful lot to think about and it kind of feels like we're really only at the beginning of the journey so that i think there's an awful lot more to come over the next few years and probably even longer term than that or definitely even longer term than that so 2022 where where do we need to be focusing our efforts what should we be considering and what changes do we need to be prioritizing when i talk to our clients i I try and frame the challenges in a couple of ways and and i think a good place to start is to think about users because that's fundamentally what what we're impacting so there's two types of journeys that users take one of them is you may be using a browser and you may be moving site to site so you're moving around the web you're potentially exposed to cross-site tracking which is is often referred to as third-party cookie tracking Mm -hmm. and the question there around privacy is is the user aware you'd have to argue that fundamentally they aren't and you have to think about with that technology what do we replace it with should we replace it with another type of technology which is different but fundamentally does the same thing but probably not and and then you have the what i refer to as the big tech user journeys and and that's a user journey that people are more exposed to so you might use your google login Mm -hmm. and when you move between google maps or apple maps and other apple products or other google products or other amazon products yeah i think users are much more aware that they're in those publisher ecosystems and i think the power of the first party data that exists in an advertising context is huge and we're able to leverage that in advertising for the long term and and i suppose that extends to what people should be doing themselves and what should clients be doing because take lessons from those two examples and it fundamentally boils down to take ownership of your data invest in your own first party data so that you can start leveraging that big tech and that first party data that will continue to exist for quite a long time i think collecting it investing in it understanding lifetime value leveraging it for media mix modeling views of attribution it provides you with a lot of tools that you otherwise wouldn't have and it allows you to start taking more control rather than being totally reliant on big tech you're starting to weigh in some of that data yourself and and i think fundamentally just to ease people's minds more than anything there's a lot in that and there's a lot of work that clients need to do the the third-party cookie changes within chrome specifically to use an example have have been kicked back now for quite a, a a decent amount of time to allow people well first of all to allow the big tech providers to find (laughs) better solutions for that economic growth point that i I talked about earlier but also allows us and our clients more time to get prepared as well and it's it's going to be a slow evolution as these changes roll out people are going to see a change which is fine but to actually see that feel it and even more importantly understand the change is fine for tech experts Mm. but for my mother who i I am the it tech support for (laughs) um i can tell you now she she probably doesn't understand the difference between 
a Google search and using a Google browser. No, basically. I don't think my mum does either, and I assume my mum's younger than yours, even. So, <laughs> and yeah, and, and I think that when we think about the general population and the understanding of first party, third party, how they're sharing their data, it's, it's yeah. a fundamental cultural shift that is going to be a, a slow evolution. So, yeah. so we have time to get prepared. Yeah, I mean, th- that change, it's been pushed back to 2023 now. It was supposed to come th- uh, next year. I think you'd agree when we'd talk to our clients about this, we'd advise them to use that time wisely and not just take it as a cue to put your feet up and be like, oh, don't, don't, don't have to worry about this now. If Ryan were in the room, Ryan, the, our third-party cookies master, he'd be agreeing with me. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a constant conversation with our clients. We've invested yeah. really heavily in how we support our clients in, in data conversations this year. Yeah. Um, and it's a big part of of how we facilitate advertising in the future. So we've got a few minutes left. So we've got, we're going to tackle a really easy topic now. Joking, of course. <laughs> this is a really, really big topic. And we could certainly talk about this one all day long. Uh, and that's AI and digital marketing. I know we can't really tackle this in a few minutes. But we all know that AI has been playing an increasingly large and important part in marketing. Better advertising, more efficient advertising, etc. Give us a window into the future, John. What's next in AI and, and marketing? What comes next? I think... Firstly, the AI adoption within the understanding of content, the creation of content, and then linked into advertising as well. Mm -hmm. All all three of those aspects has changed fundamentally in the last three to five years. We've seen a rapid acceleration of AI playing a a superb role in the improving efficiency of advertising and a huge role in the improvement of search engines understanding content in, in ways that they never have been able to before. And I think there's probably two ways to look at it there's the future of ai and understanding mm-hmm. content with, with understanding being the, the key word and then the creation of and that's not strictly we've talked about advertising a lot on this so far but it's not it, it's actually broader than that and it's and it's the creation and understanding of content across the web so it's fundamentals to seo you know, and i think the opportunities never been greater from an understanding point of view than what it is now. The ability that search engines have to discover and serve content has, has never been stronger. Google's reached a critical point in understanding information now through AI using MUM, so multitask unified model for the people that enjoy listening to those sort of words <laughs> it gives you a feel for how just i mean to give you a feel for how powerful it is it's 1000 times more powerful than bert's understanding content and and what you'll start to see from google um in the coming months and, and I, I see some of it now i, I know what i'm looking for but they, they've committed to rolling out new ways to search visually so the, the ability to ask questions about what you see so mm. shirts with this pattern would be an example that google have cited and, and they've also and you may you may have seen this but they've developed the ability to identify key moments in, in video so if it's like a, a football related video it's scoring a goal maybe mm-hmm. or it could be steps within a recipe and google are now pinpointing elements of that video so you can skip straight to the most relevant point without you needing mm-hmm. to manually skip through and you have to think about that why are google investing in this kind of use of ai to draw content and understand content and it fundamentally comes back to the, the purpose that google have had for a, a long time and that's to prevent people having to leave the search engine yeah. to keep users engaged keep people in platform keep collecting first party data <laughs> so I, I think we're, we're going to see some incredible shifts around that yeah and then we need to think for our clients and particularly in the context of seo you know, how are we using ai in the creation of content so there's that advancement in search engines understanding that content better but that creates us superb opportunities Absolutely. as brands to use ai and, and start thinking about how we create content right now as an example we're using neural machine translation to power seo 
content creation mm-hmm. for a global tech manufacturer. And it's been possible for common language pairs for a little while to do that with a degree of accuracy. But we've recently used AI to help us cover 11 languages in APAC with more obscure language pairs to what we've been able to do before with it with a pretty high degree of success. And it's bringing efficiencies to content creation, even at that most arguably most basic level that have never really existed before. If we think how rapidly advertising has escalated in the last three to five years, we're very fortunate that we localize and adapt to have a very knowledgeable team of people that are engaging with AI platforms regularly. Absolutely. And you can only imagine if we're doing that now for a global tech provider, what's the SEO content creation going to look like in one, two, three years time? And, And let's go beyond written content we start to think about how google's now indexing other content types better how are we producing those at scale it's fascinating but i could probably exciting time to be alive quite isn't a long it? time what i want is a like a like a before and after snapshot that's easy to take so i wrote an article on semantic search not too long ago that kind of went into this a little bit but not not bang up today i don't think and i couldn't remember what using google was like back in the day and it suddenly took me on a bit of a journey down memory lane of how i had to use google like 10 years ago and it i'd totally forgotten that you couldn't just get as easily as you can today to the answer you're looking for you had to really go in search of it back in the early days didn't you and i just blew my mind and then and then when you said about ai and video and pinpointing content it made me realize that ai actually played a part in the creation of this podcast because we've been wrangling with the setup of these microphones and for for around um, four hours yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it made me realise that while we were going we were going through a YouTube tutorial video for the hardware we're using and it pinpointed within that video all the topics the bloke was talking about and it didn't really click with me that had been done with AI and not by the bloke himself quite possibly yeah, yeah. there you go there and you don't even know it it's here scary yeah and it's working it's much easier to find what you need advertising is more relevant coming yeah. to you at the right time in the right place and we're seeing the performance benefit of that use of AI in, in all of our campaigns that we run well we'll be able to listen back to this in three years time John and, and we'll be like what are they talking about this is, this is real basic stuff it will change very <laughs> very quickly great well I think that's about time we've probably run a bit over but that's alright it's all good content isn't it hopefully thanks for joining me John food for thought plenty to think about ahead of 2022 anyway and we'll be back with more more of this sort of content as the weeks and months wear on thanks mate thanks a lot john pleasure bye cheers